Hello and welcome to On the Preds with your host Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and Sean Smith of On the Forecheck. Welcome in. How is everybody doing? We hope you are well. We have a lot of hockey to talk about. Sean, it has been a crazy week. A lot of history being made, right? We talked last week about records being broken. We saw some records yeah. broken. Well, you know, it's it's almost like we knew what we were saying because we said we're gonna we're gonna talk about all these records you're gonna see soon, and we saw a lot of them. So. I, yep. uh, I don't know if we just can look at numbers and make predictions really well or if we're just geniuses, but one of those two things is correct. There's one thing that me and you know, it is numbers. That's right. We are numbers guys. So today on the show, Philip Forsberg makes history in Smashville. We will talk about his historic night um, and uh, also talk about some other potential historic nights, either that have already happened or that uh, may happen very soon um speaking of forsberg though it is philip forsberg's world we're just living in it will he get traded a big topic a big topic to cover we're going to definitely hit on that and then maybe any other trade talk to speak of with the preds just something i thought about and that it is has been a massive week with two big wins one bad loss and now a massive few days to go uh with the trade down trade deadline monday so um we are, I mean, there's there's a lot here to talk about, um, and I, I want to go ahead and get to it. But before we do that, I do want to tell you about Relax the Back. I've had some weird back issues recently, like I've been not sleeping well because of my back. Um, and I'm definitely going to go check out Relax the Back at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville. If you want to work better, live better, feel better every day, you've got to go to Relax the Back. Because obviously, if you sleep well, you will live well. I did not sleep well last night, I'm going to be honest. I did not. I didn't sleep well last night because of my back was sore. I've been having this weird kind of muscle aches. Um, and so I, I'm really going to go check it out. I, I need I need to find something that kind of helps. And I know that I will find it there because they've got so many options for customized comfort when you sleep, work, or just relax at home. Zero gravity chairs, massage chairs, techno gel mattress, which is so much better than memory foam. You just got to go to the store. A sleep agent is on hand every day to help figure out how to sleep better and resolve any pain issues. Just go to the store. 2020 Glen Echo Road in Green Hills. Learn about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy work, healthy body, and healthy mind. Did you sleep well last night, Sean? You know, Alex, I'm going to say this. There's there's enough stress and enough things going on in the world that you deserve to be able to sleep well at night. I, I, I tell you that. It, you think about it. You've got, at best, at best six maybe six and a half hours where you don't have to worry about anything you don't want to wake up sore and i slept okay last night i'm not going to say it was great but uh you know okay <clears throat> it was it was good, good enough but you know what would have yeah. made it better if i could have relaxed my back a little bit more there you go well go to relax the back and they will help you do that uh excellent people over there they know what they're talking about very very good resource okay um we, let's go ahead and recap the week because we've got three games to talk about, a Pittsburgh game, a Philadelphia game, and a Toronto game, a bunch of Eastern Conference teams. So I know that you were uh, going to take over the, the Pittsburgh game. So you want to talk about the Pittsburgh win last Tuesday? Well, <laughs> yes, I do. Um, so here's the thing. The, the Pittsburgh Penguins have been surging as of late. And uh, of all the steamrollers that the Predators were, were going to face last week, that was this was the first challenge they were going to have. And uh, the game opened up with extremely tight play. Um, it was, you know, for if you look at the final score, it didn't really seem indicative of what you saw on the ice because there, there was not a lot of scoring. It kind of came in, in a little flurry there at one spot. But things were tight pretty much all the way through the first period. And up until the last two seconds, and this, this was fun, um, when Matias Ekholm drew first blood on what was a, a set play off the faceoff, he was left alone and found a wide open net on the left side. And, and I'll tell you, <clears throat> I don't want to go into too much analysis, but that was, uh, to me, that was kind of like uh, making your one of your linemen an eligible receiver and throwing him the ball. Um, <laughs> nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw yeah. Ekholm sneak over there. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good goal. I thought it was it was drawn up perfectly, executed perfectly. I mean, that's the kind of thing you want to see out of the Preds all the time, and I absolutely loved it. Of course, it took most of the second, though, before Jake, Jake Gensel reminded everyone in Nashville why they hated him back in 2017 Man. when he evened the score up. And I tell you what, there was <sighs> – you could that make guy, a face that for guy punch. Kills, that guy kills Nashville. 
Yeah, uh, you, but if you could make a face for punching, it would look like Jake Gensel right there. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> the good news about his goal is that it was the last one the, the Penguins were going to score all night as the Predators took over, and Tanner Janot, uh, redirected a Roman Yossi slap shot a few minutes later to make it 2-1. And then not too long after that, Ellie Tolvanen took advantage of a, uh, a miscue by two Penguins defenders, um, sprang himself free and delivered the goods right into Danette, right behind DeSmith. Ah, too good. Oh, that was bad. Um, and then in the closing minutes of the third, Colton Sissons made a very unselfish pass to Yakov Trennan, who was able to drill the empty net to seal the deal at 4-1. I think that same thing happened Saturday last night. We'll, t- we'll talk about that in a minute. But okay. yeah, that was, uh, I mean, from what I heard, I, I did not watch all of this game. I watched a good bit of it, maybe like half of it. It seemed like the Predators just like kind of dominated, right? I mean, it seemed, seemed to me from what I could tell, what people were saying was that the Predators dominated the Penguins. Is that, is that how you see it? I would say, I mean, it was a tight game. Like, it wasn't like uh, the Predators had 600 chances they just didn't capitalize on. It was okay. it was basically two teams trying to find an opening, and the Predators just managed to find it more. But, you know, okay. let's, let's say this. And I didn't even mention this in the recap because, as we've discussed before, <clears throat> you know, hits don't necessarily impact the score. But Colton Sissons leveled, and I mean absolutely leveled Sidney Crosby. And it was – Probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my hockey fan life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really funny how how much of an impact that whole Stanley Cup final with that team made because there are people who still just don't like Sidney Crosby for so many reasons. And like that was five years. First of all, it was five years ago, and also like um, they just don't play the Penguins that much. I mean, they they play them like a couple times a year. And uh, and really only like maybe maybe one or two games in Nashville, and yeah. wow, they just uh, th- th- people hate that guy. <laughs> Look, I, I can hold a grudge for a lot longer than five years. <laughs> I, I've been do I've got a few go back yeah. to like age seven. So I mean, so, don't so worry. Age seven, good lord, what happened at age seven? I got a lot of people. I got a lot of problems with. <laughs> okay, it's okay. All right. <laughs> Well, the the Predators beat the Penguins four to one, and then you know when you when you look at the the way this week turned out, you had two really tough games in Pittsburgh and Toronto, and yeah. then you had in yeah. between there you had a very beatable Philadelphia team. Um, because look, the Flyers are bad; they're dead last in their division. However, they were honoring Claude Giroux on the night because he played his 1,000th NHL game, which is awesome. Claude Giroux is a great player. Like, like him a lot. In fact, if you don't like Sidney Crosby, you should love Claude Giroux because talking about laying players out in the playoffs back in 2012 when Laviolette was the coach, Claude Giroux uh, famously um, just absolutely decked Sidney Crosby at the beginning of a game. This was right after – just real quick. Th- this won't take long. Right, right after a game in which the Penguins won, where they they really mucked it up against the Flyers, and there were a ton of penalty minutes. Very next game, Claude Giroux goes out first shift of the game, decks Sidney Crosby. I mean, totally lays him out, and then scores a goal, and like that right there locked him in the hearts of uh, of Philadelphia Flyers fans forever. So, just real quick, Claude Giroux's awesome. There's no, I have no like you. You should love Claude Giroux. Everyone should love Claude Giroux. Except for maybe Sidney Crosby. But anyways, so they were honoring Claude Giroux at the end of the game. And so it, it clearly motivated the Flyers to win that game. Flyers are not good. They have a lot of issues. Really like kind of almost full-on sell mode. Um, and so the Preds were down at one nothing after one period. But then the game got, the game was tied 3-3 at the end of the second. There was just a ton of action. Tanner Janot, Ryan Johansson, and yes, even one Philip Myers – Talking about him in a minute, maybe. Mm. Uh, scored for the Preds. Then in the third, Philip Forsberg with an insane goal between the legs goal uh, that put the Preds up four to three, which was actually the game, the the career tying goal number two ten. Uh, and so you know, it really looked like, oh, this is where the Predators beat them because they're the Predators and the Flyers are not good. But no, the Flyers tied it up. Uh, Kevin Hay, they they get really lax on defense. Kevin Hayes gets a dirty goal in front. And then Joel Farabee gets lost on the back door. That puts Philly up five to four with a little over a minute left. So 
very similar to the way that the Predators lost to the St. Louis Blues the uh, last Saturday in a in a, a very exciting game, lots of goals being scored, and they basically lost it in the last like minute and a half of the game where yeah. the other team put, goes ahead and now they're scrambling and. So, but either way, it's a bad loss. Bad loss for the Predators uh, against Philadelphia. So, um, really not good. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if I don't know if you were you saw it. You might have seen clips of it, or maybe you were watching it. But John Hines was so angry. Yeah, he was, I saw I saw the clips. I mean, it, most fans may not realize it when they you know it's just an average fan tuning. If they happen to tune into the post game for that. They'd be like, they, they probably wouldn't notice it. If you've seen enough of John Hines, like like you and I have, where you, you kind of know his tendencies, how he talks about things, how he yeah. reports the game afterwards, uh, he was pissed, right? Yep. Good I mean, because he normally gives these very kind of long, detailed explanations about what happened, and even in losses. And this one, he was not having it. He was like, he, he gave very short answers. It was, it was bad. <laughs> so I think um, you said. What did you say he answered three questions in 90 seconds, right? Less, I think it was less than 90 seconds. I think it was like less. I mean, that's, I mean, most, most answers are more than 90 seconds. Yeah. Most answers question. are like a minute, a minute and a half. Yeah. And he answered three yeah. questions in that time. And that's with question time too. So like um, in terms of how much time he took on that post game, he was ready to get out of there and yell at his team. So, um, and I guess that's what he did because on Saturday with Trana in town, and half the media. Toronto. What? Toronto. Toronto. The laughs. The Toronto laughs. So, so they're in town, and so is half of the NHL media. It really was a fun environment, good atmosphere, and uh, you you had the feeling that this could be a bellwether game for the Predators. This was this was a game that if they could win this game, or even just like play well in this game, like this would kind of maybe set some things in, in motion for the future. Maybe like not necessarily Philip Forsberg, but some other things we'll mention. I'll, I'll mention one thing has to do with Roman Yossi, but um, first of all, Tanner Janot scores to make it one, nothing predators. This was such a beautiful play and uh, I was going to pull it, but I, I didn't have time. I, I'm going to show another video instead, but it was such okay. a great play because it was good from, from defensive zone through the neutral zone into the offensive zone, everything kind of perfect. Yakov Trenin collects it zone exit. Finds Colton Sissons. Colton Sissons weaves his way through. Great play at the blue line to hold up. Feeds Tanner Janot on the left side, who just takes it and rips it and and puts it by Colgren, who is their goalie. Who is like they have serious goalie issues. But um, so, anyways, that was one nothing Preds in the second period. Ellie Tolvanen tips home a blue line shot by Jeremy Davies. Jeremy Davies has now tied Ben Harper on points for the season. Uh, and uh, you got to feel for Ellie Tolvanen because I mean he's he's become a, a tip master now. He's like he's he's good at that. He can tip those pucks home, really good with the stick that Ellie Tolvanen. But then Mitch Marner finds room in the slot, wide open shot and goal, two to one. Matthias Ekholm he wasn't having it. Three one Preds after he smashes one from the wall. So the Leafs score to make it three to two. But then Philip Forsberg makes history, goal number two hundred and eleven. Hashtag grind mentality, putting back a rebound from below the goal line. Take a look at this. This is awesome. Gotta love this this whole scene right here. So I'm gonna play this uh, a little bit longer of a, of a segment, but I'll, I'll go ahead and show you guys this. Philip Warford, his 211th goal, and he is the all-time leading goal scorer in Nashville Predators history. Historic goal couldn't come at a bigger time. Prince Philip of Scoresburg now becomes the king with this goal right there at the side of the net. Look at the reaction as he breaks David Legwatch's franchise record for goals in the team's history. So the crowd explodes. They know. Very awesome moment. Um, and I, I made I pointed out on Twitter that uh, you know it 
it's interesting that two goal two hundred eleven didn't look exactly like uh, most of the other ones. I mean, he's had a few goals yeah. like that for sure. Yeah, uh, most of his are because he's a great shooter and because he's a great uh, great playmaker. He can he can do so many things in front of the net. That time he's behind the net, uh, almost like you, you you're you're gonna appreciate this analogy. Almost like how uh, wasn't Mark McGuire's record record breaking home run like one of his shortest home runs? Like didn't one of it his, just barely go over. Yeah, like just barely went over yeah. the over the, the fence. It was pretty. Uh, if I recall, and granted, Alex, I'm going to go ahead and say it's been a few years. <laughs> yes, but but yeah, it was I, don't, I don't remember it being a blast. I, that just it was not a blast. Shifted. It was like just over the fence, yeah. just cleared it. And uh, anyways, doesn't matter. But I I just thought of that analogy just now. But um, so <laughs> the. That that not only was it a big goal for him and for the franchise, but it you know it it made it a two a two goal game sets the record two goal two goal lead restored a little later. Matt Shane scores his thirty second goal of the year on a two on one that was just also beautiful. So he's at thirty two. Philip Forsberg's at thirty three. Uh, five to two. There were some other goals scored. Final score six to three. Preds beat Trana. Trana. Oh, and I, I guess I, I wanted to show this too. I, I wanted to give a couple reactions after. So uh, I guess we'll start with Forsberg. This is him. So I asked him this question, um, you know, where does this moment rank for him? And he brought up some interesting things about, you know, kind of where this ranks alongside. So like, I think this is pretty telling about how important this moment was for him. This is Philip Forsberg just after the game. When you think about your career to this point, where does this moment rank for you? Uh, I mean, it's it's up there. I mean, obviously, I've been fortunate enough to to play for this team for a long time and play for for my country back home too. And, and uh, I mean, Stanley Cup final and winning the World Championship are probably the top two. And obviously, the promotion with my hometown team, Lexington, is always going to be there. But this one is uh, is definitely up there by those. So he mentions the Cup final. He mentions winning the World Championship, playing with Lexand, his hometown team. That's cool. Um, you know that's pretty pretty neat. Those are those are all important moments for him, including scoring that goal. And then here was John Hines after the game. Uh, you know, I think this is a really typical. This is a good John Hines moment. I think talking about his player. So this is, uh, I think Brooks asked this question. Asked this question, and I think it's just basically him talking about Philip Forsberg's historic night. Really happy for Phil. I mean, I, I thought tonight he was he he played a great game. I mean, he tracked pucks. He was skating. Uh, he was physical. I mean, tonight, if you look at Forsberg's performance, I mean, he played the game the right way tonight. And uh, it's nice to see him get rewarded. You know, it's obviously a huge accomplice to set a franchise record for goals. But probably, you know, most importantly, and the special part of it is he did it at home in a big goal with a great crowd on a Saturday night. And it's great for him, you know, I think the, the fans, the organization, that it was able to, he was able to accomplish it in a big-time goal in a good win uh, in front of the home crowd. So, so John Hines acknowledging that, Philip Forsberg scores that big goal in a big moment and uh, that he played the game the right way. I mean, like that's, that's such a typical John Hines moment. Um, the, uh, and, and I think, I think he's right. I mean, like I, I watched, I, I really think the, the Predators were the better team last night. I mean, like the, the Maple Leafs are very good. They're obviously a playoff team. Like they could contend for the cup for sure with that lineup, but man, like they were, they just buzzed all night up and down the ice. I mean, the Leafs had their moments. They're they're a talented team. They're going to do that. But I th I think the Predators were the better team, and they they just kind of at, at moments in the game they were just dominating the Leafs in their own zone. It was it was crazy to see. Yeah, you mentioned seeing it, but uh, <clears throat> I didn't get to see the game. Unfortunately, I got to watch uh, beach volleyball. But um, <laughs> it seemed, I heard it about seemed like it seemed like. From the radio broadcast, that it was exciting. Pete Weber was very excited about things, so that usually makes me excited about things. But yeah, um, no, I was, I was. Uh, you, you said it looked like he played the game right to me too. Yeah, I'm just gonna take yours and John Hines' words on that because I didn't get to see it. <sighs> yeah, this yeah, I heard that there were some TV issues last night. A bunch of people were uh, yeah. responding to to a tweet of mine, and I was like, I can't do anything about this. <laughs> You needed to fix it, Alex. Yeah, yeah fix I was it. trying. I was you were trying. there. Just go flip the switch or push the button. I did, I, what's funny? What's funny is I did keep looking over at the where the TV broadcast is. I don't know why, yeah. as if I was going to see some like cord hanging hanging down that I could be like, oh look, he'll plug that one in. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, right, right, like the Back to the Future moment. Like we're like, oh, we just need to plug it in. Uh, see, no, that see Willie Donick with his like phone light out trying to fix something. Like, oh no, uh, yeah, exactly. No, I was not the person to, to help out with that. But I do feel for people who weren't able to see that. I, I, that's that's very disappointing. I, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I was disappointed. I, I think what what it's come down to is it wasn't it wasn't a Preds on Bally issue or a, a Fox Sports South or whatever. Valley yeah. Sports South it is now. It was uh, it was specifically unique to Comcast. The Comcast um, subscribers right. not being it for whatever reason. I don't know. Like I don't think it's like some kind of you know they always had those disputes where it's like you'll never see the Predators again unless you call this number and demand that they yeah. whatever. But it, I don't know. And it it was we were told from the I think the the Valley Sports South side that they were you know that it was Comcast customers and they were working on resolution yeah. but uh, nothing ever happened so yeah. yeah okay so big week predators win two out of three four points out of six points that's uh that's that's gonna do fine just fine for them the where they are in the standings yeah. uh but we do need to talk about philip forsberg because that was uh that was a big moment and we need to talk about specifically what's going to happen in the next couple days um before we do that we got to talk about hello fresh so um Look, I, I've said this before and I, I, many times on this show, HelloFresh is not only something that I've been using for four years now, it has completely changed the way we do like dinners at our house. Before this, we were you know eating out a lot. We were uh, spending a lot of time trying to go to the grocery store and planning out meals. This has changed the way we eat dinner. We eat dinner together as a family a lot more. Uh, we eat healthier meals and we save money. So with, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip those trips to the grocery store. And uh, HelloFresh is going to make home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. Uh, if you don't have time to cook these days, it cuts back time on time on the kitchen. 30 minutes or less, quick and easy meals, 20-minute recipes, low prep, easy cleanup options. They also, for those of you looking for healthier options, they have fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying, nutritious meals you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low-calorie, carb-conscious options. They got lean meats. They got really solid options in terms of vegetables. A lot of different fresh vegetables come through, fruits as well. Um, so you got to try it out. You, you you can get free 16 free meals right now if you go to HelloFresh.com slash smash 16 Use that code SMASH16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh is amazing. You've got to try it out. It, Like I said, it has changed the way that we do dinner at our house. It should change the way – it could change the way you do dinner at your house for the better. So go check it out, HelloFresh.com slash SMASH16. All right. Whoops. Sorry. Uh, okay. So Philip Forsberg makes history – there are some trade rumors. They're very faint, but they are there. Uh, give me your take initially right now, what you think will happen uh, with Philip Forsberg over the next couple days. Just your your initial take, and then we'll kind of dive into it. And I'll, I'll give you my kind of longer take about why I think it won't happen. But give, give me your initial take. Do you think that he's going to get traded? No. No, I don't, I don't think he's going to get traded – uh, I, I go back to, and, you know, it's, we are aware up in the press box area, whatever you want to call that, that space where we get to cover the games from, that there are scouts at the games. Um, I remember a couple of, uh, whenever it was that they were, there's a lot of talk about trading Craig Smith at the trade deadline that I was, I was seated next to, there were enough scouts there that I was sitting next to them that were tracking everything Craig Smith was doing. They were asking me questions about Craig Smith. It was, it was pretty obvious that Craig Smith was being shopped around. Um, that's not happening with Forsberg. And, and that's just, um, yeah, I mean, there's scouts there, but there's always scouts at every game. I mean, they're not just, they're not just watching players. They're, they're scouting for their team. You know, I think a lot of, I think a lot of scouts probably, you know, for scouts for different teams, they don't live where that team is located. They live in the area where they want them scouting. So, you know, that's just yeah. their job to be there. I don't think it's necessarily, oh, 
Uh, the Colorado Avalanche have a representative here. Therefore, they're they're looking at somebody on the team. You know, they're going to play a lot of games against the Predators, so let somebody yeah. be familiar with, with the Predators. Um, but I just haven't seen – because, again, if Craig Smith was generating that much interest, um, I can only imagine what it would be like if Forsberg was, was up for sale. It would be pretty intense. And it's just yeah, it, I, I'm going to add to that that um, so TSN, um, the the hockey network puts puts out a trade bait um, um, list on yeah. their website every year. They, it's like a kind of a really really good place to go for like the the first source of like okay who's on the who's trade bait who's on the potential trading block. Uh, right now, there's 60 players on it. Philip Forsberg is not on the trade bait list. Hmm. That tells me a lot. I mean, I, that tells me that not only uh, are the rumors very, very faint, but like I think that even the major media who is typically pretty connected. I mean, the TSN's trade bait yeah. board. In fact, of the on the I'm looking at the trade bait board. This is uh, um, I've got it right up here several of the players have already been traded uh, on it. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like a list where it's like, once they get traded, they, they get removed. Like Hampus Lindholm right. is the number one, number one player on there. And he just got traded to the Boston Bruins. So like it is, it's a legit list. Phil Forsberg is not on it. That tells me that a lot of people who know what they're talking about are thinking he's not going to get traded. So I, I think, I think uh, like you, it's not going to happen. Right. I, I just don't and, see it. And I know that that can be upsetting for people. Well, I, the potential for him not being traded and then the potential for him not re-signing is upsetting to people. And I, I get that. I mean, I, I totally understand where people are coming from with losing a guy like that for nothing. Um, but I, I put together a tweet thread yesterday that I think it kind of explains why why it just can't happen. I mean, like there's, there's no way that David Poyle can trade Philip Forsberg right now because of the history of what, what's, what's happened over the last like nine years. I mean, what, what's happened with the last, this whole evolution of where the Nashville predators are at right now, it makes it almost impossible for him to trade Philip Forsberg. If you think back to the fact that Forsberg came out when Forsberg came over he very quickly became the guy for, for, for David Poyle. Like this is the guy he's been chasing, right? He, this is yeah. an elite goal scorer that he's been looking for for a long time. And he got him, signs him to the biggest deal he's ever signed a, a sub 23 year old. He signs him to six, six by six. He's never, he, that's still the highest contract for anyone under 23. In fact, it's higher, the highest contract for anyone under 22. And, he does that because he knows this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to be our, our future goal scoring. And that's exactly what he became. I mean, he just passed the record. He's the all-time leading goal scorer in both regular season and in the playoffs. He's got 22 goals in the playoffs. Um, he becomes a massive figure in the 2017 Cup run in the tw- the President's Trophy year. After that, we have some some downtime with with the team, not 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 just him, but with the team. And goes through some pretty major changes with the Laviolette firing, with uh, a lot of pieces being moved in and out, um, major acquisitions in terms of Matt Duchesne, uh, trading away Ryan Ellis, trading away Victor Robertson. So, like, all these changes happen, hiring John Hines. And throughout this whole thing, throughout all of this, one of the most consistent things that David Poyle has been complaining about pretty publicly has been the production of his top forwards. Right. So like he's been complaining that without mentioning these guys specifically by name, but basically we know who he's talking about Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, Philip Forsberg, even maybe Mikhail Granlund, definitely Kyle Turris when he was here, somewhat Victor Arvidsson, I guess, towards the end. Um, Yeah. Craig Smith, maybe. I mean, like there's all the, all the guys that usually play the top six minutes over the last five years, He's been complaining that their production is not good enough. And he's been right because they, you know, he signed Ryan Johansson. As soon as he gets that contract, he signed or he, his production goes down pretty significantly. Matt Duchesne, that first year, granted a lot happened that first year, but it, it was, 
his production was not, not even close. I mean, he had just putrid numbers of of goals and assists for him. Uh, Victor Arvidsson's production declines rapidly. Philip Forsberg has injuries, but he also isn't producing quite as much as he normally is. And then the playoff exits where they couldn't score goals against the Dallas Stars. Rocco Grimaldi was the leading goal scorer in that series with like three goals. Um, the Arizona Coyotes qualifying round, which I, I, I forget even happened. So like that, that whole thing was just terrible series. And then, the, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes series, it, it changed, right? I mean, like that's, that's kind of the beginning of what we're seeing now. That, yeah. that they reunited jo- Johansson, Duchesne, and Forsberg. It finally worked. But – it, it, back to what I was saying, he complained about the production of the top forwards. Well, what's happening now, Sean? What's happening now with the top forwards on the team? They are producing, Alex. They are producing like madmen. I mean, they are In, insane. They are putting up crazy numbers. They're breaking records. They're, I mean, two guys are going to finish with more goals <laughs> in the single season than than they ever have. Uh, Roman Yosti. I know not a forward, but Roman Yossi is going to almost get 100 points. Uh, he's going to smash the – we talked about that last week. He's going to smash the assist record. I was thinking it was going to be several weeks. He's probably going to do that this week at the rate he's going. Yeah, he's on fire, man. Um, so, like, all these top four – Tanner Janot has a breakout year. He's pushing for that rookie goals record. You know, it, it, there's so many crazy things happening with offensively with this team. So, anyone who thinks that David Poyle can waltz into that locker room – after complaining for four years about the production of the top forwards and say, you know what, we need, to, we can't sign this guy. So we need to trade him away. Even though all of you are having career years now, that's not going to happen. He can't do that. He would break that locker room. They would completely buy out of what he was trying to do because they finally get to a place where they're doing what he's asking them to do. And then he trades one of them away. Not going to happen. No so. way. You, you, you bring up a lot of good points. And I think especially if you are someone who's come into this fandom since the Stanley Cup run, <laughs> he did a really good job of filling in that kind of space before that happens where people understand kind of the beginning or the genesis of Philip Forsberg coming to the team. And, and, and I'll say this, you know, that's really good analysis. But, you know, my, my take on things is I'm going to look at the money side of things and not trust uh-huh. me. We, we all know I am not a numbers guy. I am not a numbers guy. But these numbers are a little bit different because these numbers make sense. God, okay. Like dollars and cents? Yeah, that was – I'm sorry. I don't know. Okay. I, I thought it would be funny. I really – I need to do better. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out for the next show. But stick here's to, the thing. Stick to- Stick to children's tales of the sea. People like that. There you go. I'll stick to my to my children's sea tales. But here's <laughs> here's the reality is that you know, the captain of your team just signed a huge deal for nine million dollars a year in a, in, in a little bit of change. But the you know, so you've got your highest paid player, um, and he's playing like your highest paid player for sure. Um, and then you've got Philip Forsberg, who uh definitely needs a contract coming into his uh into his own at the right time. And, and I'll say this, you know, I think when you keep hearing about the talk stalling, I think one of the biggest issues is the, is the hurdle deal with San Jose because they paid that guy silly money, eight years, $8 million a year. That's a big contract. And what that really does is if you're Forsberg, if you're, if you're Forsberg's representation, I mean, you're pushing that bar up really high because if you go head to head and compare those two guys, numbers, Forsberg is hands down, the better player every single year, even outscoring yeah. hurdle in years when Forsberg missed 20 games due to injury. Um, the reality here is that when you start seeing the market come up, you're going to fight for that money. And so I think up until that hurdle deal happens, things may have been going along kind of friendly and we're going to figure it out And the hurdle deal happens. And what that does is it, it says to, it says to people, okay, if Hurdle can get $8 million a year for eight years, which is the, the maximum length of a contract, Forsberg, we don't know if he was pushing for more money, more term, a trade clause, a no movement clause, whatever it was, then all of a sudden you're going to tell me that this guy over here in San Jose is going to get $8 million a year. Okay, fair. So what do you pay Philip Forsberg? Are you going to pay him $9 million a year? 
Is that feasible? Or does he think realistically he can go somewhere if Hurdle's getting eight and get $10 million a year from a team? And I think that kind of paints Poyle into a box because do you pay him more than you pay Yossi? I say yes. But yeah. then what message does that send to the captain of your team who's absolutely setting the world on fire this year? You know, does that send just, a negative message? Does that mess with chemistry? Or is everybody on that team just happy when somebody else makes money? I don't know. I don't but know the where reality this, I, is. I just want to throw out the, 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 the can't pay him more than Yossi thing. I don't know where this came from. It certainly didn't come from Yossi. Um, no. It, it, but it's it, out it there. Never, yeah, it was never it was never said explicitly. I think it's just no. people thinking that that's a that's a thing. Probably For, forwards get paid more than defensemen. People, yep, that's what happens in the NHL. Yes, they do. I don't care how good they are. Like, go look at the contracts. Go look at the highest paid contracts. Now, there's a couple defensemen that are really highly paid. Romaniosi's one of them, but there's almost every team. The highest paid player on the team is a forward or. There's a couple instances where it's a goalie, but the, the, the forwards are the highest paid players. Like that's yeah. what happens. They, they're more valuable because people like goals. That's what happens. It, this is, this is never, this isn't new. And so like no. if Forsberg were to get paid $10 million a year, not, or even nine and a half over, over Yossi's average annual value, that would not be surprising to me. I mean, no. I, it just doesn't make any sense why, why people think that, especially because, Oh, by the way, Phil Forsberg's younger than Yossi. Like he's, Three years younger, so yeah, uh, it's uh, that that whole thing has been very weird to me. I don't know why that came out. Well, I'll say this, and you have to remember this: you you can point to that hurdle contract like I've been doing all yeah. you want, but the reality here too is that you've got to look at that hurdle contract in context of the San Jose Sharks and look at Carlson's contract. That's a lot of money going to somebody yeah. who's not putting up big numbers, and here's hurdle right. out producing. Do you, right. do you pay him a lot of money just to say, hey, you're worth it to us to keep you around because we're paying this this joker a lot more money to skate around and have pretty hair and a yeah. long mustache. So, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. So th- there are a lot of moving parts, but I think that just the knowledge that $8 million is definitely not enough, and that's that's proven on a league-wide basis based on this one contract. Um, yeah, You've got to pay him more. I just glanced at the – I'm looking at the 24 highest highest value contracts in the league, 24 of them, okay? I'm counting one, two, three, four. Four of them are defensemen. And one, two, three are goalies. Yeah. So seven of the 24 are goalies and defensemen. That means that 17 are forwards. Forwards get paid money. That's what happens. They do. You can so, you can pay Philip Forsberg more. I think the question comes down to: Are his agents or his agent or his represent whatever you want to call them? Are they out there saying, you know, this is what David Poyle's offering, but this other team out in a different city or a different region is willing to pay this, and that's yeah. where the stall is. Look, I can go so what, here and get this. I, I uh, in in the, the the tweet I made yesterday, I. I had people talking about what I was, what I was, people were, sorry, people were responding, which is great. That's what I wanted. I wanted to create conversation. Engagement, Alex. And right, exactly. And some people were saying, well, then why isn't, uh, you know, why isn't Poyle raising the bar? Why isn't he raising the the value? Well, first of all, we don't actually know what the hangup is. I think, I think it's pretty clear that the, Forsberg's probably wanting eight years on the term. I think Poyle is just going to have to, he's just going to have to let him have that, which I think eight year term is fine. I I don't think there's any problem with that. It could be that there's trade protection that he doesn't want to give. David Poyle famously doesn't give that. He did give it to Pecorino though. He did give it to Roman Yossi. So he could definitely make that happen. So why does he need to do that? But those, one of those numbers is hanging in the rafters and I guarantee you the other one will too. So that's very very yeah. true. What it comes down to is, is Forsberg going to be a guy who's yeah, numbers in the raft tired? And yeah. I, I would say that if they sign a big contract here, you can almost put that on yeah, guarantee. Exactly. That it's going to be up there. So totally. And, but, and then, and then the issue is, you know, where, what, where is the money that's that there? I, I think hearing what I've seen recently or what I saw a few, few weeks ago from some people who know what they're talking about is that, that probably Poyle was asking for somewhere in the, something in the neighborhood of seven and a half and eight 
a year and that the Forsberg uh, camp was asking more like nine, nine and a half. So like a kind of a couple million dollars difference. There's no way that Poyle knew he was going to get him at eight because the guy could get nine, I think even closer to 10 on the market yeah. because teams are stupid with money sometimes. And yeah. someone could pay Phil Forsberg $10 million a year easily, I think. And it would only be a seven-year contract. So $70 million to throw at a 27-year-old who has 211 career goals, or, or we'll have more at that point. Uh, I, th I think there's a very strong likelihood that that will happen. So I think what could be happening here is that Poyle is giving him this offer because he knows he has exclusive rights to Forsberg, right? He can, he can give him yeah. whatever offer he wants. No one else can offer with this guy. He knows that as soon as the market opens up, he's going to have to go up in that value. So yeah. and this is, I think, what happened with Mikhail Granlund last year. You negotiate with Granlund during the season. Negotiation stalled. He doesn't deal him. I And then eventually, later in the summer, Granlund signs in Nashville four years at $5 million a year. I think it's very likely that the same thing kind of happened. Maybe Granlund went to market thinking, I'm going to get six or seven. That yeah. didn't happen. No one offered him that. And Poyle, who might have been at like four during the season, bumped it right. up to five and was like, "I've got you now. You can come. You can come out on board with us. I'm giving you a higher offer. Let's sign this deal." And that's what happened. I these are this is all conjecture. I'm just guessing. Yeah, no, we we don't you know anything. Argument, yeah, you, you can make we the don't argument. Have inside information. The same thing could happen with Forsberg, where. Maybe Poyle is offering eight and a half right now. And, and yeah. Hurl got 8.1. That was his actual AAV. So 8.1 AAV, 65 million or something like that. I, I think Poyle, you know, Poyle, if Poyle is offering something like 8.5 right now, yeah. he probably goes up to nine easily by the end of the season. Sure. I mean, that's, that's an easy number to jump to, maybe even higher. And he would sign an eight by nine, which would be, for all these people that care about this, less than Yossi. And still a huge contract. So I I still think that a deal gets done. I, I or not a trade deal, a, a contract gets gets done either in the next couple days or in at, at the end of the season, even when the free agent market opens up and there's teams that can buy in because Poyle can go up on his offer. And uh, you know, does Forsberg really think let's say that he wants let's say he gets an offer to go to LA, because I think LA is a team that could do some buying this offseason. Yeah. You know, that's a big jump in, in, in your, your lifestyle. I mean, like that's a huge difference in, uh, in the, you're going from a, a, a place like Nashville, which you've known your whole life in, in the hockey world, jumping to a place like LA, like that's a different set of, of expectations. Yeah. Sure is. Um, so I, you know, I guess he would be reunited with Victor Arvidsson if he did that, but. Um, he's having a good year. Yeah, could be so, could be tempting. I think I think though, you know, if if you've got talks that have stalled, and you do have the, uh, I don't want to say the the, you know, the luxury of, but you do have a few more days left before the trade deadline. Maybe making a few trade rumors start is enough to move the needle a little bit to get the contract negotiations going. If yeah. Forsberg's goal is to really stay in Nashville, maybe saying like, hey, let me let me make a little bit of noise here, and then maybe that'll move the needle just enough to make them go, okay, okay, we're, we'll come back to the table. Let's talk this out. Yeah. It's, I, you know, there's a lot going you know, I on. Think, I think, let me let me just double check this. Uh, I'll let you I'll let you keep talking for a second while I look this up. But there, there's a couple people who haven't mentioned anything about trades with Forsberg that is, is kind of telling to me, but, but keep going. Do you think that the Preds should, let me ask you this. Should the Preds buy? Oh Lord. Talk okay. So I'll, I'll say this while you're looking. First off, you had mentioned that you thought Poyle was maybe at seven and a half and that the, uh, that Forsberg's people were at about nine and a half. And I'll point out that the uh, difference between those two numbers is exactly one Kyle Turris buyout. Now, moving <laughs> on from that, do I, <laughs> yeah. Do I think Preds should do anything else at the trade deadline? I had seen somebody, I don't know who, I see a lot of stuff on the Twitters, but it was commented that the, that they were maybe looking to see some kind of change with Phil Myers. And, of course, we did see Phil Myers get waived, and we saw the call-up of Jeremy Davies and Matt Tennyson, um, which I would say in the absence of 
Matt Binning and Mark Borowiecki is definitely an upgraded third pairing. Um, you know, I'm not sure at this point what trades, um, if you look at what some players are actually costing, I don't know that there's anyone you would be able to get that you would go after that you'd be willing to pay for. You have to give up too yeah. much for not much. I mean, Hampus Lindholm, uh, I mean, good gracious. Yeah, they're definitely I mean, that's, not buying that's something like that. No, no. That's insane. Uh, what I was going to mention, let me go back to what I was going to mention. I looked it up real quick. I was trying to verify yeah. that this, this is true. But uh, so uh, speaking of TSN, former TSN uh, analyst Bob McKenzie, uh, he is known as so a lot of a lot of the big name hockey guys. <clears throat> some of them are agent guys, like they they have connections with agents, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are GM guys. They have connections with GMs. Some of them are both, but uh, Bob McKenzie's a GM guy. Um, some of the other people, Drager, Darren Drager is an agent guy. So Darren Drager's an agent guy. I think Elliot Friedman's an agent guy. I mean, this is, I'm being general here, but the, the, and they have sources everywhere. But Darren Drager is one of the ones that's been talking about Philip Forsberg being a trade rumors. He's an agent guy. So that kind of goes to what you were talking about, about how yeah. agents could be kind of leaking some stuff to, to up prices. Bob McKenzie's yeah. a GM guy. He hasn't said anything about Philip Forsberg being on the trade deadline. And then also TSN being him not being on there. So like, I think that may be kind of telling that maybe the GMs are not hearing really much of anything at all, actually. Like maybe, I mean, of course there's going to be conversations. I mean, everyone makes trade calls. Those texts and phone calls fly around this time all the time. There's names can be brought up. There's I don't probably, probably every name is brought up at some point, but um, I think that's in, that's probably an important thing to remember is that, uh, that, the guys who are connected with the GMs are not really hearing a lot. So that's probably telling just as much as anything. Yep. All right. I just want to throw this out there. I, I don't think any of these, these are going to happen, but if the predators were to buy, I think that um, it's possible they would buy defense. And there's two names that I saw when I looked at this list that I could see maybe because they're UFAs. They would be pretty cheap. I think you could get them cheap. Calvin DeHaan, left-handed defenseman with Chicago. Chicago's, pretty much just selling everything now. Um, he's a UFA. That would be a rental. I mean, he's fine. He's a, he's a decent puck moving defenseman, not huge. And uh, he's been, he's played all kinds of other places. I think there was some rumors. He was linked to Nashville like several years ago when Carolina. was Yeah. And then Nick Letty would be the other one. Detroit. Again, these are not great names. These are not anything I would not sell. I would not purchase. Sorry. I would not pay a lot for these guys. But Nick Letty's a little bit bigger. He's and he's also an American defenseman, which John Hines and David Poyle both like American uh born defensemen. It's kind of a thing with them. I don't know why. Products and, of USA hockey. Yeah, products of USA hockey, right? Like. Uh speaking of which, JT Miller, not a defenseman, but a left wing center, having a good year with Vancouver. But he would be a more expensive. He and he's also signed through next year, uh five million. So that and that would probably cost more. Like that would be like at least a pick and maybe even a player too. So JT Miller, I don't first think round picks. Definitely not that. I think he would cost like he probably would cost like a second. I don't know, maybe a third. There's inflation's really bad this year. I'll just say that. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, inflation really bad. Uh, I don't know. So those are the only names I could see, but that, that's I don't think any of those gonna happen. I mean, it, it could also be like either. they. Could, they could go out and grab some defenseman that we really like the Corbinian Holzer type acquisition where it's like some dude that they get for no reason just to say they went and bought something and doesn't even play. <laughs> so Cause you went to the store and you didn't want to come home empty handed. Exactly. That's exactly what they might do is they might buy a very. Yeah. You wasted the gas money to get there and you came home empty handed. And the Philip Meyer, we mentioned this earlier, Philip Myers getting waived. Now, we don't know if he's going to get claimed. If he doesn't get claimed, he goes to Milwaukee and the Predators still have him. But there's a chance he could get claimed. I mean, he's he was a very highly touted prospect. I mean, he, he's only 24 or whatever and played plenty of minutes in Philadelphia and got a few chances here in Nashville. I don't – it sort of seems like that is over. Like, they might be done with Philip Myers because they gave him all these chances. Well, they worked on him a lot. They gave him chances, and they kept playing other guys over him who were not very good. Uh, then they go get Jeremy Davies and 
Matt Tennyson for yesterday's game. So I don't upgrade. know. I mean, Phil, yeah, upgrade for sure. Phil Myers, big dude, seems like a nice guy, but like a man, a short-lived Nashville career, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. So, boy, lots to talk about. Lot, lots going on right now. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the week ahead. Uh, Three-game West Coast road trip sort of around the uh, deadline. That's kind of interesting. They're going to be out of town. They're going to be in in, in California. They're going to go to Monday. They're going to go to Anaheim. 9 o'clock start here. Two, and I said that Tuesday was the trade deadline. It's actually Monday. Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't know why I got Tuesday the 22nd. It's always it's usually on a Monday. So, um, so the trade deadline's that day. So I think like 4 p.m. Eastern time or something. Then Tuesday they go to Los Angeles. That's a game against the Kings at 9.30. So back-to-backs there. Thursday they go to Vegas. And then next Sunday they play those Philadelphia Flyers again. So maybe they get their revenge. Um, four games in the next seven days. Big week. Trade deadline. Don't think Philip Forsberg has moved. I don't think they buy much of anything. I think they just kind of have this team rolling in through the next month. Yeah, my, my, my sole hope, my sole yeah. hope, just to avoid all of the further speculation, is that that after after last night, after breaking the franchise all-time goal record, that, that Philip Forsberg and – like I'm aware that this isn't a scenario that happened. Let me just say that. But I would I would like to think that you know, Philip Forsberg and David Poyle sat down. They had a heart to heart, and they were like, you know what? I've done a lot of thinking, and uh, I think it's time we, we settle this once and for all. Let's make a deal. They get something on paper, and then they announce it later today. That's that's my biggest hope because I, I don't I don't want to hear about it on Monday. I don't want to hear the speculation if it doesn't happen by Monday. I just I just want. I just want some resolution of this. The sooner the better. Yeah, it, it, the ideal scenario would be he gets it done today, Sunday, yeah. March twentieth, as it happens today, so that Monday trade deadline is a quiet day for Nashville. That they yeah. no selling, there's no buying. They just stand with what they have. And I, I kind of um, teased this. Um, I, I have some thoughts, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about this next show. I have some thoughts about where I think this team is at, you know, in, in the, the scheme of things in terms of contending for a Stanley Cup, because there's a lot to think about, about where this team is mentally and, and structurally, than how much better of a position they're in now than they were three years ago, two years ago. So we'll talk about that maybe next week. Yeah, I like that. All right. Let's get, to, let's get the trade deadline out of the way. We'll yeah. Come back. You can check out all of our hockey coverage at a to zsports.com. Also go to onthefortech.com and uh, check that out as well. To read Sean and everyone there. Follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Sean on Twitter at SCSOTF. And we will see you next week.